Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Old Golden Black. It's me, Tom Rouse, of course, and I'm joined today by Dazzling Dave. Uh, Dave, where can people find you, and and what do you do? Um, so, obviously, my YouTube channel is Dazzling Dave. Um, my Instagram is Dazzling Dave uh, without the G, and my Twitter's underscore Dazzling Dave as well. And um, obviously, that's me, really, pretty much. Yeah, so what can people expect to find on your uh, on your YouTube channel? Then? Um, the YouTube channel's a lot of wolves stuff, uh, 80% wolves, and you get the odd crazy live stuff as well. It's a bit of travel, like, and um, just a bit of my life. It's, so it's 80% wolves mm-hmm. and football and 20% just me doing random yeah. things. <laughs> and that, I suppose, that Venn diagram is... Yeah, yeah, they do, yeah. Uh, but that Venn diagram's closing a little bit, isn't it? Because you've done quite a lot of travelling for the Wolves this year, haven't you? Yeah, I've, um, I've been fortunate enough to be to Torino, to Istanbul. Um, went over to Braga, which was I thought was going to be really sunny, and it mm. took it down <laughs> rain. Apart from the last day when we had a bit of the sun. You know, it's, I've had some fantastic, uh, fantastic trips, and obviously the last one in there, in Barcelona, uh, mm. which was uh, which was great, and that seems so so long ago. Like if you think it's two two months ago, and the world that we're in now, it was just sort of like the worries were starting then, weren't they? And, mm. and now, like here we are. It seems like a world away. When we will we ever? When will we be able to go travel? Yeah. And watch our team, and we've waited I mean, forty years for all to be in Europe, and then this pandemic comes. Yeah. And- yeah. It's just not fair. It's typical wolves, isn't it? Typical wolves. It, it, it is typical wolves. <laughs> we will get through. Yeah. I mean, and you're talking about travelling far and wide. I'm just wondering the next time we'll be able to travel to the model new to be able to see a game. Um, um, do you know what, Tom? You know, I was, I'll put a reflection um, on that on my Instagram uh, a couple of days ago, a picture of Molyneux, and I was just thinking exactly that. When, because let's face it, it is our home, isn't it? It's mm. our spiritual home. When will we be able to go to Molyneux again and cheer on the uh, the team without any worries and stuff? And feel like the answer to that is, I don't know when it will be. No. Um, will it be this year? Will it be, the, you know, it won't be, obviously, if they get to finish the season, it won't be part of this. Will it be the start of next season? Will it be part way through? I mean, there's, mm. there's there's been reports about the whole of next season might be behind closed doors as well. We just don't know, do we? No. Let's hope that things get sorted and they, they, they develop the treatments and, you know, to help people and we can get back sooner rather than later because we are all really missing it. It's I not see. the same. We watched the, I mean, um, the behind closed door match mm. against the Yarkos and it's surreal for mm. the players as well, isn't it? You know, you know, it's, it's not the same. Although, be... Go on, sorry. I was, although we'd accept that for the end of this season to get the season completed, which I think, mm. you know, from all the fans that I've talked to the, through my channel and, and stuff, everyone wants to see it completed, however long it takes, and then worry about the start of next season because there's so much effort, and it's not like we're like three quarters of the way through the season, mm. and there's so much effort, and people have spent so much money following their team, and so much has gone. You can't just void the season yeah. now. You know, and it just needs to be completed, even if it puts the start of next season back till yeah. 
next year. Yeah. Complete this season and then worry about the rest. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I do. I, I completely agree. I think that we uh, it should be next season that's great more greatly affected than this season. But the point of this show, Dave, is to have a little bit of a reminisce and a bit of a uh, bit of nostalgia as well. So I've asked you to find your favourite Wolves kit uh, that you own. Okay. And if you could tell the story as to why it's special to you. Well, in terms of favourite kits, um, I've, I've got this one, which I bought recently, which I do love. Mm. Um, and I do love this one from last year. And I know people say it's yellow. Well, when you've just held up the 1974 League Cup one, and it, it looks a completely different club to the last season's does. kit, doesn't it? It does. But the thing is, I mean, I've had this because people are saying yellow. I remember putting a tweet out of a Watford strip and the Wall Street from last year. The Watford strip, that's yellow. Mm. That's, that's old gold. And if you look back, my dad's, um, on some of my videos, my dad wearing a shirt from the period of when he was born. I bought him yeah. a little replica. It's exactly the same colour. Mm. No, not that one. As yeah. that. Yeah. You know, but so I did like, I did love that. I think it was, um, it was a bit of a Marmite strip, I think. You either really loved it or, nah, that's not right. But actually, that's probably the traditional Wolves old gold from yeah. way back. Um, this year's trip, I haven't been over too keen on. Um, you know, it's just, it's, I love it. Looks great under the lights, but yeah. I'm wearing my current favourite one. I mm. love, love this mm. kit. I love the black. I love the gold. If they did this in kind of like a gold version, uh, yeah. it would be amazing. I, I'm yeah. pretty confident that next year the stripes will be on back on the top of the kit. I reckon next year's kit, mm. whenever it comes out, is going to be, it's yeah. going to be a good one. Yeah. But yeah, this is my current favourite one. Just because yeah. I think it looks just lush. Yeah, it? it's uh, it's funny because you're not the only person who's picked a very recent kit. Quite a few people have picked the home kit from last season and sort of said that yeah, the colour was a bit different to what we used to, but the memories from that shirt uh, are amazing. Like you think of the FA Cup games against United and Liverpool, and the just the like Chelsea game at home, Spurs game away. Those games where we wore that kit and will live with us forever what's what's been oh, your... i mean that night i mean from last year um the the man united quarter final game mm. the whole excitement the buzz around everything building up to that game the gold flags i know that the wind blew some of them around but the, the, it was absolutely magical and the way the game unfolded the atmosphere was like nothing i'd ever seen and at the end of that i mean if you ever get chance to watch back that vlog that I did, the emotion. Uh, and obviously that was when my, my very, very good friend who I was very close to uh, Bill, Sean Connery, um, who sat next to me for 20 years. He was part of that, mm. his emotion. And obviously we sadly lost him very suddenly in December, which was mm. a real shock to us. But I'm glad that he got to witness that because there's a story behind that game. And uh, Bill, he um, he lives in he lived in Buxton, mm. which is quite a way to travel. And the where he worked, there were all Man United fans, all Man United fans, and um, it meant so much to him mm. that we beat Man United and for myself as well because um, you, the company that I work for, I work for, I have a marketing 
uh, consultant. Mm. And they've got a regional office in Manchester. And two and a half, three years ago, when Wolves, when Fosen bought Wolves, I sat down and I said, watch Wolves. We're going to be competing for the top six in a couple, two or three years. And we're going to be going for Champions League and you. And they ripped mm. the pee out of me, literally, and laughed at me. And we're taking the mic for a long, long time. Oh, here he comes, that deluded Wolves fan every time we had a regional <laughs> office. And I can tell you what, Tom, the day after that um, uh, quarterfinal, I had a regional meeting in Manchester. I walked into the office and I held my scarf up, <laughs> the whole office, and I went, you ain't laughing now. Mm. And they just all come over to me one at a time and like, you told us, you told us. And it was... Um, it was quite a nice special moment because they prolonged it's the ton of the moment that they all sort of took wall seriously. Yeah. You, they are a, a serious side. And I think yeah. the realisation in the media generally over the, I mean last year was like good, good little walls having a go. Mm. Now this year it's kind of like these mean business and yeah. that's kind of why it's so frustrated that everything's come to this grinding halt. But yeah, absolutely magical. That, yeah. So very similarly, I had a bet with somebody. Uh, it was a friend of a friend back in 2018 after our promotion. And I said, I bet you 20 quid Wolves will be a Champions League team by the end of this season currently, 2020. Now, depending on how they decide to end the season, if they choose to finish it halfway at the halfway point, Wolves finished fifth. Wolves are fifth. With City... Yeah, so that's what that's what they've done in in I think there's a couple of countries who are either planning to do that or or whatever. But however we, however we do it, if we continue with the season, I think we've got a good chance of finishing fourth properly. Um if they take it on points per game, I think we'd stay in seventh and but the uh halfway point is the one that I want because with City we being fifth, banned as yeah, well. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> we were actually fifth and and, and, I, yeah. and I read I, I read something about that and France so yeah, that, that would suit it. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, so yeah. let's move on to the next part then, Dave. Your non-Wolves kit that you've picked. Well, I've, got, I've got a main one, but I do love the uh, the Mexico top. Yeah, good. Um, get, it on the, get it on the screen. That's it. I can get it in the title now. <laughs> I do love the Mexico top. Yeah. Um, that's one. But this is my current favourite. Okay. And I wonder why that is. <laughs> Club America. Yeah. Um, obviously, Raul Jimenez um, and all of that, he came from there. But a subscriber actually bought me this. Oh, wow. Posted it me and sent it to me. And I, he said, do you want one? And I was like, um, yeah, yeah, what do I need to do? He says, no, I really love your channel. I want you to have it. Oh, so that. And um, the only thing I had to do was um, go and have a photograph for him outside mm. of modern you wearing really? I put that on my Insta- I put that on my Instagram, Dazzling Dave. If you scroll down you'll see it. And um he was chuffed to bits for that. But yeah, no, I'm, i think the current Mexico top is really it's got the Aztec symbols yeah. on it and it's obviously, you know, quite nice. Did mm. look, you know, oh, you know, just and then the Club America top as the number one. I just yeah. I love the patterns on it. It's very sort of Latin American. Mm. Um and yeah. It's uh, it's a very good story as well. I've been sent stuff by uh, a subscriber, but do you think the Wolves will? I think it's inevitable at some point. But there's going to be a friendly, isn't there, between Wolves and Club America at some Can point? It's got to be. Can you imagine Wolves and Club America? Can you imagine that? Ah, 
Can you imagine if it's in Mexico? I'd want to go, man. Yeah. I would want to go to that. That would be magical. You know, if you're a Wolves fan and you went over there wearing your Wolves top and stuff, you, thingy, they would love you, wouldn't they? Because they, yeah. they love they love the fact that Raul's doing so well. Uh, and they're very, very proud of um, how he's doing. Mm. And um, they're very passionate about their football over there. And Club America's such a massive team. Yeah, I think they, they were rumours... There were rumours of uh, Wolves pre-season this year being in America and doing some kind of tour and playing Club America in Texas, which would, which, that would be such, mad as well, wouldn't it? Because there's such a huge Mexican population there, and it would have just well, the Wolves YouTubers would have gone mad, wouldn't they? The likes and oh, the views. Yeah, it, would, it, would, it would be absolutely amazing because, like, if they go to go and play in America or something like that, it's not just because for me, with going for the European trips and stuff, I'm not like mm. one of these that gets on a plane gets off, goes to the match and goes next to day. And I know sometimes mm. you have to do that, um, you know, with family commitments and all that sort of jazz. But like when I went to like motorbike, I tried to go for three or four days. So oh, I yeah. can, if I'm going all that way, I want to see a bit of the culture and sample a bit of the food and stuff, which is why I end up doing these mean, travel vlogs as well. Like the Eastern World travel vlog was quite a good one. Mm. And you get to experience some of the, the actual culture water over there. So I tend to go um, for, three or four days mm. and um and then obviously build up to the match and then have a couple of days afterwards but mm. if, if it was in america or mexico i think very very tempted to go and yeah. do that but when that will happen now oh you've just spoiled the dream for me dave so. i was just imagining one traveling. day <laughs> one day yeah yeah, so right, the next part of the show, then we're going to have a look at some uh, video clips. And the first one that we're going to look at is a Wolves one. There's not going to be any sound on it, though, Dave. So if you could just explain to me. Can you see on the screen now? Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. We'll, talk, we'll talk over it then. So this is Wolves against Cardiff from 2018. Why have you picked this moment? Um. Well, let me just move you a little on my screen. So over to that. Why have I picked this? It's because I didn't go, actually go to this game. Um. You know, I'm fortunate enough now to be able to get enough points to get to most mm. of the away games, but I didn't actually go to this one. But the reason why I picked this is literally it was such a key moment um, in that season, the promotion season. Mm. Cardiff, Neil Warnock, uh, the build-up, they were like our arch rivals, and um, it was they went full on chasing us down as well. I mean, that save, the initial yeah. save there you can see from from John Ruddy, you're thinking, oh my God, if we get these three points, we're gonna, we're doing it, we're doing it. And then they mm. get the penalty, don't they, in the last minute. Yeah. Ruddy saves it. And you're like, the relief, the stress that I went through watching that game. <laughs> I think all Wolves fans, I was like, it, it, it was so stressful. And you're thinking, okay, we've saved the penalty, which is absolutely fantastic. Ruddy saved it. And you think, right, okay, just ride this out now. To the end of the game, just ride it through, mm. and um, and of course, the, the amazing. I've never seen in my life two penalties awarded yeah. in injury time before, and um, I think Cav got a bit of criticism at the at the time, didn't they? Because yeah, why is he gone diving in? Yeah, looking it back, um, he slipped mm. trying to stop, and he slid through and took the guy just on the edge of the. Uh, on the edge of the area mm. and I think it's coming up very very soon he mm. does actually slip as he goes to try and make the tackle and of course it's just inside the box and you and when that happens you're thinking to yourself uh, yeah you're just thinking to yourself 
it's going to be. I mean, it's absolute carnage in it the is, Wolves yeah, box. Yeah, almost, almost every player is in the Wolves box there. It's literally, it's like yeah. you've got two teams. You've got Wolves that try <laughs> playing passing football. There it's happened now. And then you've got Cardiff that just bombed the ball in and it was mm. just a siege. And you're thinking at this point, and do you know what? The weird thing is watching it, Tom. Mm. I am quite a positive person generally. The weird thing is, I, I, I was worried about the first first one. I th- had a feeling it's gonna it's it's gonna save it. Yeah. It's not gonna go. I had this feeling, and then when it hit the bar, it bounces down, doesn't it, underside yeah. the bar, and then it's cleared out like it happens now. Boing! Yeah. They come in again, and it's cleared out. Yeah. And then <laughs> following this, I don't know about you. I am literally running around the room like an, an yeah. absolute madman. I'm going berserk. Yeah. And Nuno runs onto the pitch. I mean, the emotion, you, you, Nuno expresses that emotion just the same as us Wolves fans, is, yeah. as a fan. Yeah. The relief, what it meant in that moment. And I know he got criticism for it. And it, you, you see the old Benny Hill music with him trying to shake Rick and Warnock's hand and Warnock being <laughs> like how he is, you know. And yeah. the whole thing around the, around it. Can you blame Nuno for running on the pitch there? No. no. I, would I want to change that from Nuno, that passion? No, yeah, exactly. Absolutely no. And I'm so glad he did. And I know he, he, he peed off Neil Warnock, who basically also really secretly wants to, always wanted to manage Wolf, let's yeah. face it. Yeah, he did. Uh, and it's a fact. And when you hear him talk, you know, generally, you know, it comes across, but like he, he's such a, a sour loser. But it was such a key key moment in that season and I think that moment the Cardiff moment uh, was it just after the Middlesbrough game it was a week after so the whole game was in the middle uh, but we played Middlesbrough on Good Friday and then the following Friday was uh, the Cardiff game yeah well I think the fact that we the Middlesbrough game where we fought with nine men for the Mm. whole game they scored right at the end and we got through that and then I think that was the moment yeah where I thought we're doing it yeah. Uh, and so that's why it was such an iconic moment. And when you said this, there's so many things like the Neves goal against Derby, and you know, the Man U quarter final, and all of that sort of jazz. You know, you look at the the first time I got promoted at the Millennium, but that moment just clicked into my mind. So yeah. that's why I went with it. Yeah, fan- fantastic moment, and one of my favourite moments as well. Um, lots and lots of very good memories from that. Uh, those couple of days that I spent down in Wales. Uh, but the next one you've chosen is, I imagine, is quite a bittersweet memory. So, the Italian '90 semi-final uh, of the World Cup against West Germany. Uh, we've already had one person choose um, Italian '90, but it was the Belgium quarter-final. Uh, no, second round game, I think it was. Uh, yeah, Manny, with the Manny, goal, yeah Manny chose that one. So you've chosen this game. So why is this a particularly fond memory? Or maybe there's a story behind it. No, I think it's more, t- to be honest, um, I was obviously a young lad uh, watching this. And it was when, it was the whole thing around Italian 90, like mm. the Nessendorme music, Pavarotti, watching it with my dad. England getting so close to the final, um, you know, the, like you say, you talk, you see the goal there. That I mean, that goal there, it's a deflected goal. It's just typical Wolves and typical England in it. It loops up over the top of Owen Shilton and drops in the in the net. Mm. Uh, and we got to the semi-final and the whole magic about that semi-final, and it was Des Lynham that was presenting, I can remember with his little moustache, yeah. you know, 
saying strap in and watch the game and watching that and Robson, who was an iconic manager, Lineker getting that goal, um, I think in about the 80th minute. Mm. And we got so close. And it was a bit like the semi-final the other, the other year, the year. We got so close. Yeah. And there's Gaza, obviously, previously, you know, when it, getting the getting the card, knowing he would miss it's the yeah, it's year. This bit here, isn't it? Yeah. He would miss the final. Lineker going. Do you, yeah, do you know what Gazza's doing here as well? He puts his fingers over his mouth because the German player was screaming so much. He put, he covers his mouth so that the ref can't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he does? Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. But obviously that wouldn't happen now because the um, after the um, is it the quarters or the semis or something? Cards are you know a white yeah, box. Yeah. Get a red, I think. Yeah. So it wouldn't happen now. But like oh. eating the side of the post there, we were so close. Mm. Um, you know, and there's another one later on where the ball comes across uh, the area and uh, Gascoigne is, li- I think he's literally a, a tenth of a second late and mm. he just goes past his boot. He just can't quite connect with it. I think you're thinking of Euro 96 know. there. Is that year in '96? Yeah, yeah, because that would have been a golden goal as well. That would have that would have got them to the final. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is actually. <laughs> I've got them all mixed up in the thing. Yeah. But we were so close, like that wobble inside of the post, and then going out on penalties again. Mm. And I don't know, but the whole tournament brought the nation together, didn't it? Um, yeah, it was magical. And although we didn't get to the final, and we went out again on penalties, um, we were all really, really proud. And as a young lad, it it just it just sticks with me, mm. um, and it, it kind of happened again in the last World Cup, didn't it? Where we got to the semis. Yeah, and, I think, you know, and and quite similarly as well to 1990, that nobody was expecting anything, were they, from this England no. team, and uh, and they overperformed, overachieved, and that's why people started to to like them then because they just well, they were very a, underrated, but were loved. I think I've recently got Amazon Prime and there's a documentary on Italian Idol. I watched it back um, and it talks about that. Mm. You know, the, the media was really on Robson's back uh, building up to that tournament and the flyers and everything. There was nothing expected about it at all. Um, and then gradually there was this build and they, when they came back off the plane, they, you know, they were welcome back. They mm. went as donkeys and they came back as heroes didn't yeah. they do you think so it was, was do you think it was particularly special for Wolves fans because Bully was there yeah I mean obviously I mean that you know I think he's, he's on the pitches and he went plat scores in the Belgium mm. uh, game and he's I think he's one of the first players there you always see him on the thing Bully being there was absolutely magical to have a Wolves player as part of that squad um and um, I, I was listening and was it the athletic I was listening to when he was on the other the other day when he was almost going to be on the pitch and then Lineker mm. scored in the semi-final and he, yeah. did, he had to go and sit back down. But to, um, yeah, to have him there was uh, was special and he deserved it, let's face it. I mean, he was in, what other, will it ever happen again that you get a player from the third yeah. tier of, of English football that's in a World Cup squad and, you know, playing some yeah. game time, you know. Yeah. What about what, what happened if he had got on, got on, and then scored the winner? Oh. He would, it would have been, a, a, <laughs> you know, um, that would have been unbelievable. But yeah. you know, what a magical experience to be part of that, and also to have a Wolves player part of that squad. Mm. And you know, when will we ever get an, another Wolves player as part of that squad? I know me and you have often disagreed about Cody. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, well, I do think he should be given a go for, in the England team. 
I think if yeah. if the you know if the Euros had been happening this summer, I would have picked Cody in that squad. A because he's a leader versatile. and he's mouthy yeah. and he's a personality, and then B yeah he's versatile. He could, he could play right back. He could play centre back of a of a form, even though he's not done it very much. He, he and if we did probably switch be able to, to him. he'd be the perfect player. Yeah. To be there is no player. English no English player plays in that position in the Premier League. He could also play midfield if if required. I think he would be a perfect squad member uh, for an England team. But and you know alas, what? he's got Co- another year supposed to try and get in that squad. And Cody is so much uh, how he speaks and communicates as well. You know, he's like a, just an ordinary guy and he, he says all the right things. Inside, he's probably frustrated, but he's got that dignity. Yeah. He'll bide his time and hopefully he will get his chance because, you know, it, you know he des- in, I think he deserves a chance, like yeah. you say. To be tried out, and we'll see what happens. But I feel like he's been so unlucky. Yeah, right. We're going to have a look at a couple of other clips you've sent me now. So, yeah, not to do with uh, not to do with football at all, but they are to do with sports, of course. So we will accept them. But this one is uh, from the Rugby World Cup final in two thousand and three. So talk us through this one, then, Dave. So I was in a I was in a an AGM at the time. It was being held on a weekend, um, and it was the day that the Rugby World Cup was on. Mm. Um, and the it was supposed to, um, the, the annual general meeting of this uh, body was supposed to start after the game. Of course, it went into extra time. Mm. And I was, they were all in there. And I was all like, I was glued along with a load of us watching this. And the fact that we won, um, it was England in the final. Uh, the tension, it was in Australia. I do love my rugby union. I'm not really mm. into like, the club rugby, but the internationals, yeah. I really do quite enjoy watching. And then to win it in the way that they won it, because if you think about it, England football and stuff, we'd had so many near misses mm. and things like that. So to actually win a World Cup, even though it was the rugby one, and the way that we won it in Australia against your arch rivals, yeah. and to put that drop kit o- over like that he did to win, yeah. Um, you know, it was quite special, and, and it was kind of like that Italian ninety thing. People really got mm. behind the team, didn't they? It was quite a special moment. So that's yeah. kind of why I picked that one. Yeah, I was very young at the time. I was I was only twelve when that was happening, but I do remember for the first time in my in my life being really interested in rugby and getting up early in the morning because the games were like kicking off at seven o'clock in the morning. I think that game kicked off, and uh, and just starting to love rugby. And then your other memory that you've sent to me is another England moment, another England World Cup winning moment from just a couple of months ago. So talk us through this one then, Dave. Yeah, well, my dad um, and my granddad was always loving his cricket. Um, And I, I, you know, at school, I was a bad little cricketer. Mm. And um, again, it was kind of the drama, wasn't it? Cricket, you know... People see it as this boring game and stuff like that. It can be, and you can play for five games. I mean, Americans can never understand how you can play for five games and it be a draw. Mm. But this, the, the way it went, the way they got to the final again, and the way it went to this super over, mm. um, and <laughs> the drama of the swings during that final yeah. throughout the whole day, um, and then. They were going for the like to run him out, and they needed one more run to win and to get it and to yeah. win. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never been so excited watching a game of cricket, it was just <laughs> absolutely fantastic. And then yeah. again, England getting through because it, I, I don't know whether it was the 2020 or whatever it 
then chance a previous time and then against West Indies and the guy it's about four oh, sixes. Yes. That's round. right. Yeah. Um so to win it was fantastic in the way. So it's brilliant. And then you kind of like think, you know, if we can one day replicate that with the England national team in football, uh would be fantastic. And obviously yeah. Wolves winning a you know the FA Cup one day, <laughs> yeah. amazing yeah. as well. But, but um, that's why it, the drama of it, it was just, yeah. it, it was gripping. When you said about the country being joined together, then there was a quote from Owen Morgan after that game uh, when he was asked about having the look of the Irish with him. And he said, well, Adil Rashid, who, of course, a Muslim player, said they also had Allah smiling on them. So that proved, you know, we are this multicultural society now and we shouldn't be ostracising people. Everybody should be joined together and, you know, the England cricket team represented that perfectly. And that's what it pulls people together and, that, and that's what sport does, mm. Tom. It brings people, no matter what your background, together. You know, when you go into a game and stuff like that, what was it like that day when we went to Wembley? Because oh. I know it was like we were crying afterwards, you know, and devastated. Uh, but the whole camaraderie of us all coming together to support our team at Wembley. And that day, the whole magical, everyone was hugging each other. Mm. And you got the flags, you got the sky. It was magical. And that's what, sport does and that's why we love football that's why we love our team and even though we've had dark days with wolves and yeah. we had dark days you know going all the way down the half the ground closed mm. and that's why we can appreciate it so much more that where we are now as a as a as a football club as a fan base because we're being crap <laughs> for we've had so many near misses that Bolton game many years ago in the playoffs and you know so many full storms where we've had a team to go up and it's kind of like yeah how long can we stay there yeah. I've said it a couple of times this is the, this is we're, we're witnessing Wolves second golden age Mm. Well, I've heard, you, I've heard you saying that before, but I would argue that it's the third golden age because the 70s is uh, lauded as being one of the best teams uh, the Wolves have ever had. The, you know, European Cup final, well, UEFA Cup final, uh, League Cup winners in 74 and 80 as well. So I, I know yeah, that you, yeah, I, I know I what mean, you're yeah, saying, but... I suppose, I suppose so. I suppose yeah. you could, could say that. But when you look at Wolves of the 50s and the 60s and the championships they won. Mm. You know, they were the number one team yeah. um, in the 50s and the 60s. And the 70s, yeah, okay, could have really got on to be if we hadn't hit what happened and then mm. just dropped down. It was a shame because that was a real platform to build on. Yeah. Whereas I believe that this team, with the finance they've got, the backing they've got, you know, the, the fan base that's building you know, to try and get into the game, the, the plans that they've got, the infrastructure in the training facilities, yeah. the modern thing, the team ethic, you know, and the global fan base that we now have. Mm. This team, is, I seriously can see pushing to win the Premier League yeah. uh, in the next five or six years, to be in a champ in the Champions League and, and go a long way, mm. to win the Europa League and to win lots of trophies. And I feel like, the the potential for this team and what it can achieve is mm. is boundless more than uh, alongside what the when we look back at the glory days of Wolves and we look back at the fifties and sixties, you wouldn't particularly say the seventies. So that's why I can't yeah, say. Exactly. I think that was a a, mat, a great era or few years, but I think mm. this is the 
he's going to surpass that. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think people are comparing uh, this current team to the 70s at the moment because we haven't won anything yet with this team. And, yeah. you know, the, the 70s, they did win two trophies or, you know, 1980, if we count that as the same kind of era. They won two trophies. So at the moment, they're still the second greatest Wolves team. We're currently third, I think. It's probably fair to say. But you just touched yeah. on there as well about um, expa- expanding the club and stuff like that. What are your opinions on Molyneux as a as a ground? Do you think it's we must stay there or are you open to a move to a super ground? Um, personally, having been to um, the likes of Brighton and West Ham, which is a, I mean, West Ham's a, a magnificent looking stadium, you know, designed for the Olympics, but it's, it's it's not great as a spectacle. Um, I'd say 95% definitely want to stay Molyneux where it is, if they can, mm. um, because it's the heart and soul of Wolverhampton. And what, that's one of the things that makes Molyneux and Wolves special is it's so close to the town centre. And if you moved it, it will kill the city centre. Um, it's just great that you can go and then walk down to the ground um, but then you look on the other thing, it's like, if they can't do it there, there's a lot of space by the, is it the M50 or whatever? Yeah, the I-54, yeah. I-52. So, I mean, yeah, 95, I think, I think every Wolves fan is going to say, please, can we keep Molyneux where it is if we mm. can? Um, but if they can't do it and they have to improve the, um, the, the facility to do what they want to do, then it might have to happen. But I, I don't think they would do it without really trying to make sure. I mean, how do you, at the moment, we've got like, is it 10,000 on the waiting yes. list for season tickets? Yeah. To at the moment, you'd have to reduce the capacity massively mm. when there's such demand um, and to try and in, in, increase the capacity. And it's difficult to do. You either do that by knocking the whole thing down and play somewhere else for mm. a couple of years, uh, or you play there and you build a brand new purpose-built stadium, build stuff around it, mm. have shuttle buses from the city and stuff like that to try and work it. But the council, you know, hopefully will support the development plans at Molyneux because, let's face it, it's in their interest to do it because if it does move, it is going to have an impact. Yeah. So hope it stays where it is if it yeah. does move and they've exhausted every opportunity it'd just be something we'd probably have to just accept and yeah. embrace sadly that's the we'll price see. of success isn't it at the moment really i think with uh, with the very top teams uh, but they are able to keep it where it is so. yeah let's have a look then at your final piece then a piece of memorabilia i don't know what it is at all a bit of mystery to it so what have you got um, so I've got a few old, um, I haven't got that much memorabilia to be honest. I've got a few old things from when I was a kid, like this is Burnley when we played in Division 2 programme, mm-hmm. this Plymouth one. But the one that I'm going to pull out, which I've kept, is this. Okay. This I'm is... Sure. Okay, well, I was saying 125. Okay, yeah. yeah the yeah, programme yeah. from the 125th anniversary of being, we're talking about Molyneux mm. and that's the program and we played um, we played Blackburn okay 
and I kept this pro program and I think that was quite a, a good program to keep and it was a commemorative edition and it was on the 30th of August 2014 and we were playing Blackburn and the Wolves team at that day in the squad Carl Akimi, Matt, you look at it now, Matt Doherty, mm. Scott Garwin, Dave Edwards, Stearman, Barth, James Henry, Savile, remember him, <laughs> Leon Clark, <laughs> um, Bakary Sacco, Kevin McDonald, Aaron McCarry, Lee Evans, Tommy Rowe, uh, Van Lepara, yeah. Samuel Ricketts, we all, you know, that great um, game against uh, Rotherham when he yeah. was six ball, one of my favourite. Jack Price, Liam McCannon, Ebanks Landell, Michael Jacobs, John Flat, Kevin Foley, and Nua Dicker. I can't believe Foley was still there at that time. That's uh, that's something I've learned just now. I thought Foley had gone yeah, by no, then, but yeah. So, uh, I don't have a, a massive amount of memorabilia. I do have my um, my little yeah, that's, map. See, that's why I thought you were going to pick that either that or one of the paintings that you've had uh, done for you. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few paintings and stuff like that, but I just thought, you know, it, it's Walls memorabilia, that programme, it was, you know, iconic mm. uh, date, 125 years, yeah. and at that particular time, it was before all of this happened, you know, five years ago, and before Fos and Take took over, and it's, I don't know, it's just see how far we've come, yeah. and so much has happened just in the last five or six years. Yeah, so, and yeah, still, Matt Doherty was still there. Out, <laughs> yeah, lovely. Great, yeah. well, thank you very much for joining us today, Dave. It's been lovely to hear your stories and to chat to you, but go and check Dazzling Dave out over on all the different platforms that he said. Do you want to just give us some, give us them all again, Dave? Yeah, just um, Dazzling Dave on YouTube. Uh, just type in Dazzling Dave Walls, you'll find me. And then on Instagram, it's Dazzling Dave without the G. And then on Twitter, it's underscore Dazzling Dave. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure, Tom. It's been good fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, hopefully not too long before we see you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can't wait. Right. Don't forget to like the video and subscribe to this channel as well. Uh, you can check this out on uh, various different podcast platforms as well. If you want to download it and listen to it on the go, Spotify and Acast and iTunes, etc. Have a look for it over there. But in the meantime, I'll be seeing you in a couple of days time for another one of these. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs>